Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. First of all, recognize all those that labor with us, that serve with us, that just make GVC what it is, those that are working with kids, those that are working hospitality, sound, music. Man, you guys rock. I just so appreciate your faithfulness to serve and make GVC such an amazing place. Also, again, just with our worship team, I just want to say a big thank you to them. And I don't know that you realize it, especially with Jacqueline and Jordan, because you realize that most of our departments, there's some areas of rotation where people kind of are on a, uh, just, they, they do it not every week. But Jacqueline and Jordan, they have been worshiping or leading us in worship every day, every Sunday and Wednesday that we have come together this year. And without fail. There's been times where they've been sick and they've done it anyways. There's been times where he's called in and tried to call in sick. And I said, tough luck, brother. Come on, let's do this. And he gets up there and he toughs it out. And again, just so faithful. And so again, I just want you to just take the time to recognize them and say thank you to them because they are just endeavoring to give it their best and serve God and serve you as well. And so with that being said, just in the near future, I don't know how we're going to work it out, but uh, we're going to purpose to get them off and let them have an opportunity or a weekend away just to, just to refresh themselves. Is that all right? And so if they're not up here, you know, just, you know, uh, sing all the louder. I don't know who we'll have up here. Maybe I'll be up here. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make, we'll make, no, she says no. So, all right. Well, praise the Lord. Again, I just wanted to make mention of that because they are so diligent and faithful. And again, you are as well, just in, t- in attendance. Amen. Well, hey, are you ready to get into the, the message this morning? Uh, you know, it is such a joy and a privilege for me to be able to, to minister and share the word every Sunday. It is one of those things that I have never, I can't remember a time when I have not been excited to come to church because every Sunday I have the opportunity to share the Word of God. And you realize it's the Word of God that changes our life. And so hopefully you'll grab hold of some things that we share this morning that it will impact your life and that it will help you live a life of faith. And so this morning in in relation to the Labor Day holiday, I'm going to simply ask you the question, what are you laboring for? And there's three different times that I'm going to ask you that question. What are you laboring for? But I want you to listen to the question because every time that I ask the question, it's going to be different. It's going to be a different statement or it's going to cause you to think differently when I ask you, what are you laboring for? Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for every single person that is here this morning. We count it a joy and a privilege on this holiday weekend to come into your presence to magnify and lift you up. And I thank you that, Lord, in this moment, not just a man, but the person of the Holy Spirit is going to speak to the hearts of people. And this day, we'll be able to mark it on our calendar that something changed. There was a transformation. There was a turnaround because of today of hearing the Word of God and being in the presence of God. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, when we think about Labor Day, the holiday... Again, it's recognizing or it's uh, taking a moment to, to recognize those that labor among us. Maybe you're a laborer. 
And it's a time, really, for a holiday, if you will, to just get refreshed. To refresh and get restored because of the labor that we do. Well, how many of you know that this life or this walk with God is to be a life of refreshing? How many of you realize that there are hard times that come, but God is never meant for life to be hard? He has always endeavored and has given us a way that through this life we can have a time and a life of refreshing. In fact, the scripture says this, in the presence of the Lord, there are times of refreshing. And so if you're an individual that says to me, man, I'm just dragging, I'm struggling with life, then my question is, is have you been in the presence of the Lord? Because in God's presence, the Bible says that there are times of refreshing. So every time you come to church, man, you ought to leave being refreshed. Amen. In fact, when we leave today, I want to see everybody smiling. Even if you got to fake it, man, just let you smile at me like, woo, come on. All right. That was a good time to say amen or praise God or something of that nature. Amen. All right. Well, I said to you that when it comes to this life, this life was not meant to be a labor. Because the Bible says this, it says that we are actually, now I'm speaking to believers, There are all kinds of people that are living on this earth that don't know Jesus, and they're doing it in the strength and the power of their own might. But the Bible tells us that we as Christians, we as believers, that we are co-laborers with him. So in other words, we partner with Jesus, right? This life was never meant to be done alone. It was never meant to be done by ourselves or in the arm of our own strength. And so when I was thinking about this message, this word kept coming up on the inside of me. And it was the word called heavy labor. Heavy labor. And I believe that a lot of believers, a lot of Christians go through this life as though this life is heavy labor. And when I looked up the definition, this is what it meant. It means labor done with your hands. To toil, to labor to have productive work, especially when it produces wages. And also when it comes to labor or heavy labor, it also refers to labor that is not requiring of any skill. In other words, this mindless work. And as I looked at that definition and I thought, that is a life or the majority of God's people today living a life of heavy labor. That we don't live this life being co-laborers with him. We are living this life trying to work it with our hand. Come on. Don't look at me like that because I know every single one of us has said, God, listen, I got it. I can handle it. I can do it. Right? Have we ever been there? No, it's okay, God. I got this. I can do it. Rather than living a life of faith, of trusting God, we try to do it by ourselves. Isn't it interesting? It's been six months and we finally get to the place where we say, well, I guess now would be a good time to pray. I mean, has it really come to that? I mean, it's time, it's time to pray? No, that ought to be our mindset right from the very beginning. Come on, God, it is time to labor together. And it's not going to be me. It's going to be us doing it together. I'll never forget my, my father. He had a a suburban many years ago he's got a he's had several suburbans but this is several suburbans ago uh he had some work done and i can't remember exactly the cause of it maybe it was just the seat went bad but uh, uh, there was a a pin or a screw that held the seat together the driver's seat and so the back would sit up or right and therefore <clears throat> this pin was what was holding it or this the screw was what was holding it 
and it broke loose to where the seat back fell or fell flat. And so now he's got to drive down the road kind of sitting up with no back support, you know. And so that didn't last long. Dad said, well, I'll pull it in the garage and I'll start working on it. And so he started to try to get this screw put back into the, the seat. And he said, man, I was struggling. He said, I couldn't get it lined up. He said, man, I was laboring and laboring and laboring, and I could not get this to line up and get it together. And he finally said, I said to the Lord, God, help me do this. And the moment he said, God, help me, the next time he tried to put the screw in the mechanism, it all lined up and came together simply because he says, God, I want to labor together. I don't want to do it by myself, and I need some help right now. And it's the simplest things of this life that we say, God, I can handle it, but God wants to be co-laborers with us in this life. Can you say amen? And that definition, it also goes on to say, labors that uh, uh, will produce wages. And so when it comes to us, we labor for, for the expectation of the reward. And oftentimes, the reward that we look to is something that we desire. And God could be in the mix of it where we could use our faith. But oftentimes, we say, God, I can do that if I just work a little bit harder, if I just spend a little bit more time. And maybe the reward is the thing that I'm looking to purchase or looking to to have or whatever it might be or maybe it's the vacation or something i'll put in the extra time and then we'll be able to go on vacation but how many of you know that god doesn't want you to simply work your fingers to the bone just so that you can have moments of satisfaction and gratification god wants us to live a life let me say that again not seasons of life but he wants us to live a life that is fulfilled from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep there ought to be every day that we can reflect and say, God, I saw the moment when we were co-laboring together. And what a joy it was. Or even in the challenges and the struggles and the hardships that we face. Like, man, God, this was a rough day. But in the middle of it, I saw and I remember when I sensed you coming on the scene. And we worked together in that. Amen. See, God doesn't want us to do it alone. He wants us to labor together. He doesn't want us to struggle. And once again, he doesn't want this to be mindless, non-skilled labor, if you will. He wants us to be skilled in living a life of faith and laboring together with him. You know, the Bible says this. It says to cast all of your cares on the Lord. He says, when you cast your cares, he says, then it, there will be the peace of God that will pass all understanding and it will guard your heart and your mind. Come on, how many of you know that it's in those circumstances of life when you're going through the, the, the trenches that it's so easy to get into your head and you have turmoil of your head and man, in your heart, man, there's nothing in my heart that has faith, man, I am just struggling and going through the motions, but the Bible says that when I cast my cares, when I'm going through this, I'm not carrying it by myself, we're co-laboring together, God and therefore, rather than me carrying it, God I'm just going to give it to you Jesus, take the wheel, come on, you know what I'm talking about, and the Bible says that when I cast my care, give it to him and we co-labor and journey together I get the benefit of having peace that guards my heart and my mind while he carries it. You see, we both have our jobs to do. When we co-labor together, my job is to get into peace and to get into rest. And how many of you know sometimes there is a labor 
to get there. Sometimes it is a greater challenge to get to that place of peace. But that is my responsibility to labor or get myself in a position of faith while he carries the burden. Come on. See, we've had it all wrong. We've been praying, praying, God, take it from me. God, take it from me. He says, well, give it to me. He says, in fact, if you give it to me, we'll make the exchange. I've got something for you, but your head is all squirrely. Your, your emotions are off the chart. He says, I'm wanting to give you peace that guards your heart and your mind, but you have to give me something. Give me the care, right? We're called laborers with him. Amen. Now, when it comes to this reward, as I said, we look to ourselves oftentimes to say, if God, if I'll only work hard enough if I'll only do X Y and Z we'll have the reward that we're looking for from the labor of our hands but God says he wants to partner with us and obviously there is an element that we have to be faithful because again my question is what do you labor for what are you laboring for right now because you see, in 1 Thessalonians, the Bible says, if a man doesn't work, a man doesn't eat. So in other words, what God's saying, he says, I expect you to be good stewards. I expect you to be good stewards of your time, of your health, of your, uh, of your abilities. But God never said, I expect you to do it all by yourself. Just be good stewards of what you have. Amen? Be good stewards with what I've given you. If a man don't work, he don't eat. So in other words, I've got a purpose to be diligent just to co-labor with him. Give him something to work with. But here's the thing. The moment that I received Christ, my life had meaning. Before I ever met Jesus, my life was a merry-go-round. But when I received Christ, my life now has meaning there's a purpose there's a reason that I breathe air there's a reason that I live it's because there's a purpose there is a labor that God has for me but what are you laboring for remember I said that when we're not Christians we live on this merry-go-round of life do you know those individuals in your life that you know that they're Christians they, they've asked Jesus into their heart but they forgot to get off the merry-go-round. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're going round and round and round. And the next time you have a conversation, it's like, man, I've had this conversation with you before. And the next time you see him, I've had this conversation with you before. And it's six years later, and you're, man, we are still having this conversation. Get off the merry-go-round. Come on, amen? And see, here's the thing. The Bible says, in fact, let's turn there. You won't. I don't think the, the people have it in the back, but Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, it's a, a, a particular scripture that you know well. But in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 25, Jesus is speaking to us. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body or what you put on. He said, Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? He says, Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns. He says, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now notice what he says now. He says, now, are you not much more valuable than they? He says, who can by worrying add a cubit or any stature to his life? In verse 28 it says, so why do you worry about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. Neither do they toil or spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God has clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So in other words, Jesus is saying, this life doesn't have to be a life of toil. It just has to be a life of faith. All these things that you have strived for and labored for, he said, those aren't the things that you labor for. But notice what he says now in verse 32. He says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, or those that are not Christians, they seek all this stuff. He says, for the Heavenly Father knows that you all have need of these things. But now in verse 33 it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So my question for you is, is what are you laboring for? What is it that you're trying to obtain? What is it that you're trying to get? Because God says the things that most people labor for is a byproduct of seeking him first. And so therefore, if our labor, if our efforts are saying, God, I just want to know you. I want to grow in my relationship with you. God says, that's the part where you begin to carry the peace and the comfort that I came to give. And you cast your cares on me and we do this life together. Amen. Now, let me just pause for just a moment because I know there's those that might be saying, well, yeah, but wait a minute now. It's just not good sense and it's not a responsible adult to not worry about stuff listen the bible says that you were not made to worry it is not responsible adulting to worry or care about something it's simply you trying to take life in your own hands god says give it to me cast your cares on me once and for all because i care for you and i'll give you peace i'll give you rest Amen. Now listen, am I expecting you to be naive and to say, well, it's just an easy thing. Oh, no. There's the challenges of life. This faith walk, that's why I said our labor is to live the life of trusting God. Because if I put my efforts into knowing God, that's when my trust begins to rely on the God that he said he was. But oftentimes we spend so much time laboring for the stuff, for the things, for the life, that by the time it comes to our day of saying it's time to labor or spend time with God, we're like, eh, God, I'm tired right now. I just want to go watch TV or go to bed early. I'll do it in the morning. Morning rolls around, you hit the snooze five times, and you didn't spend any time with God. You know what I mean? That's the merry-go-round. So my question is, what are you laboring for? What do you labor for? If you can, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. <clears throat> you doing okay this morning? I say turn to Matthew chapter 11. Uh, just pull up your devices, whatever. That's mostly how we have to say it nowadays. But Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25. I want to read a couple verses here. It says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. So let's stop for just a moment just so you understand that. 
Jesus is saying, there are those that labor in this life with their own intellect, with their own abilities and talents. He said, but the things that I'm getting ready to tell you about, God has hidden them from those that are self-confident in their own abilities, that labor in life by themselves. He said, but God has revealed, revealed these things to babes. Now, let me just give you an illustration concerning a baby. Now, if you've ever seen a baby that is just learning to walk, have, I mean, it's kind of a comical thing, isn't it? I mean, say, <laughs> you know, they're just, they're just all over the place. And before you know it, they're falling down. But the moment you extend a hand and hold the hand, their surety of foot becomes a whole lot better, doesn't it? Just and all they did was re reached out and grabbed a hand. That's what God's wanting us to do is be like babies coming to him and saying, God, I don't got it. I'm giving it to you. In fact, I want to hold your hand, Dad, because when I'm holding your hand, I'm a whole lot more sure-footed because we're laboring together. All right, let's continue. In verse 26, it says, Even so the Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all these I have or all things I have, have, all things have been delivered to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one whom the Son wills to reveal him. Now notice what 28 says. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and, and, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, my question for you to begin with was, what are you laboring for? My question for you now is, what are you laboring for? Because we just saw right here that Jesus' burden is light and easy. And when it comes to laboring with him, he says, I will give you rest. We saw that hard labor was toil. But Jesus said, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. If you'll just come and rely and trust in me, I will give you rest. We don't have to do it alone. He wants to partner with us. Amen. Now, let me give you a couple more verses here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, in the Amplified, it says this. It says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. Notice it calls the throne of God <clears throat> the throne of grace. So, therefore, at the throne, there must be grace there. He says, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners that we may receive. So now notice you go to the throne of God, you receive something. That we might receive mercy for our failures. Has anybody ever failed co-laboring with God before? Have you ever said, God, I'm going to trust you this time. And before you know it, man, I've got it. I'm carrying it. I'm doing it all by myself again. He says, well, you failed. You messed up. Well, the Bible says that when I go to the throne of grace, I receive mercy for those times that I fail. So in other words, God doesn't say, you dummy, what do you keep doing it that way for? He says, come on. I've got mercy here. Come on. I want to help you. I want to give you grace. I want to co-labor with you. 
And then it goes on to say this. And find grace. And find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Woo, come on. The Bible says that when we co-labor with him, he gives us the help in the time of need. And if you recall, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Well, when you think about a yoke, it's referring to like the yoke of oxen. How many of you know that if I'm yoked up with a big ox, even if I get tired, he's going to help carry me because I'm yoked together with him, right? Also, when it comes to the burden, I'm not doing it by myself because we're yoked together, right? And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, there's rest, there's peace, there's comfort in this place when you allow yourself to labor with me. In other words, he's asking, why are you laboring? What are you laboring for? Because I said I want to partner with you. He said, I want to work with you so that you'll find peace and rest. Amen? All right, now, I'm going to ask somebody. I didn't ask him before church. I'm just going to invite him to come up, all right? Gary, can I have you come up here and just join me for just a minute? And just as he's coming, you can give him a big hand. Come on, just, woo! Our faithful, just come on up here on the platform. You know, as he's coming, you know, this grace that I'm talking about, this co-laboring together, we can find God's help, God's grace in our marriage, in our family, in our workplace, in our schooling, education, whatever God wants to co-labor with us and help us. Amen? All right, Gary, I have you up here. Now, I have this little seat right here. And then also, in fact, let me just move this one a little closer. Now, I'm going to ask you, which chair... Which chair will you want to sit in? <laughs> this one. You want to sit in this one. All right. All right. So he's looking at that and looking at that little chair and says, you know, <laughs> makes a little more sense maybe sitting in that seat. Now, now, what if I told you that concerning the, the, the structural integrity that this chair and this stool, they both have the ability to hold your weight? Now, just intellectually looking at that, and, and I said, okay, now knowing that still, if you were to say, I'm, I'm still going to make a choice of which one I'm going to sit in, which one would you, would you choose? You would still choose this. All right. So now, isn't that interesting? Because that's how we oftentimes live our life as believers. We, we hear that Jesus is the ability to carry us, to help us, to, to co-labor with us. And yet we say and we hear God's given us promises that we can stand in and believe on. But when it comes to our intellect and our reason, we still start to reason and say, you know what, I think I'll sit in this one right here. Right? All right. Now, Gary, if I said to you that even though these are both solid chairs can hold your weight... If I said to you that this chair is the will of God, this chair is the will of God for your life, even looking at that, intellectually speaking, what would you say, how would you sit, or where would you sit? 
<laughs> All right, awesome. So see, he's saying, my intellect, my reasoning says, I still want this. But if you're telling me that this is the will of God, then I, I, I might contemplate that, right? Now, isn't again, that, isn't that how we live our lives? We say, I believe in Jesus, I believe that Jesus is the healer. I believe that Jesus is the Savior. I believe that his word is true. But when it comes to trusting God, when it comes to push and shove, we begin to find ourselves falling back in our own natural life and say, it still feels easier here. And I'm here to tell you that as much as we say that we believe in Jesus, but yet we struggle or don't sit in the little chair, we're not exercising faith. And we're not co-laboring with him. We're doing life by ourselves. All right, Gary, now if I said to you, now listen, Gary, I, I'm gonna prove something to you. It works, man. I mean, I know you're a little bit stockier guy than I am. You got more muscles and all that. I don't know if we're the same height. You might be a little taller than me. But see, I can do this. So, so upon seeing me do that, the fact that I sat there, the fact that I tested it, does that make it easier for you to sit in that chair? <laughs> a little bit. All right? So, thanks, Gary. Come on. Give me a hand. So he says, seeing somebody do it in front of me gives me a little bit more hope. Now, let me ask you the question. How much time do we waste as believers going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth when God says, will you just trust me? Will you just trust me concerning the will for your life? Even though it don't look like it makes sense, will you just trust me? But then we do life together with, with, with church, with people, with people of like faith. And we start to see people sit in the will of God. And it causes faith to arise on the inside of us to where we'll dare to believe God for the miraculous. And what if, what if we, Genesee Valley Church, just began and became the people that started to sit in the chair of God's will and started to believe him at his word and started to see the miraculous take place? How many people that don't know Jesus would begin to sit where we want to sit because they see you doing it? Amen? You see, God wants us to co-labor with him so that we can do what he's commissioned us to do and reach these people. Can you say amen? Now, the last thing that I'll share with you, I know I'm running out of time here, but I ask you, first of all, what are you laboring for? The second question is, is what are you laboring for? Why are you laboring? But the last question I have for you is, what are you laboring for? You see, a mother that goes into labor begins to expect to see something. There is nothing other than the outward expression of a belly that has gotten bigger, but regardless of that, she is starting to expect that there is a delivery. There is something that is about ready to come on the scene. There is about something that, that, that is going to show up that is going to change my life forevermore. That she begins to go into labor 
And when you start to spend time with God, there will be an impregnation on the inside of you of what God has commissioned you to do. There will be something bigger on the inside of you than you can even begin to fathom. And it will produce joy. It will produce excitement. It will produce a life of fulfillment when you allow that which is birthed on the inside to come to the forefront because you've allowed what God put in you to be birthed. You've allowed yourself to labor or go into labor. And I'm here to tell you that God has commissioned us to live a life of faith, to trust God, to experience God's best. Are there challenges that we experience? Yes. Is life sometimes difficult? Yes. But we are endeavoring to grow as a people, growing as a church to say, we will trust God. We will do the difficult things. We will, we will reach out to those that are untouchable. We will do the impossible because we serve a God that wants to labor with us. Amen? I want to challenge you this morning. What has God been speaking to your heart about? What have you been laboring for? And then holding on to and trying to do it all by yourself. And God's just been saying, give it to me. Give it to me. What has God been talking to you about? Because he's wanted you to step out in faith in an area of your life, but you've been too afraid. And God's just saying, come on, step out, step out. Trust me with it. Maybe it's your, your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. God's just saying, trust me with it. Give them to me. Amen? Now to bring this to a conclusion, just to help signify the partnership that Jesus has with us, we're going to partake of communion. Because the communion table is all about what Jesus did for us. And it's not really about Jesus coming up alongside of us. It's about us coming up alongside of him. Because he said, I've already done it. I've already won it. The victory is mine. And if you'll co-labor with me, the, la- the victory is yours. Amen? So as we partake of the communion, I want us to remember. Put ourselves in remembrance that Jesus is my partner. Amen? Gentlemen, can I have you come up? Just take a couple minutes for the fellows to serve you. And just in this moment as we're waiting, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to reflect right now. Because I know God's been talking to us. God's been talking to me about things. What's he stretching you in? What have you been a little reluctant to step out in faith? And to say, God... I'm going to give this 100% to you. This is your moment. This is your time. Once you get it, you can just close your eyes, just kind of be in a place of worship.
Now, I just want to give this invitation. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, I've never received Jesus into my life. I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. I've never made him the Lord of my life. I want to give you that opportunity this morning because we're recognizing what Jesus did for us on the cross through the death, burial, and the resurrection. But it's not fair for us to celebrate in front of you if you've never been able to receive them. So I'm going to give you that opportunity. If you're here and you say, you know what, I've received Jesus a long time ago, but I've lived my life, I've done my thing, and I don't think that I'm right with God right now, I just want to give you that opportunity as well to say, today's my day, my coming home day, my day that I'm coming back into co-laboring with Jesus. If that's you, I want it just to marinate for just a minute. I'm going to come back and give you the invitation just just as we get done passing out the elements. and every eye closed I just gave an invitation or spoke to those that may want to receive Jesus or rededicate their hearts to him and I said I'm going to give you a moment to marinate on that thought to give you time to think about it now listen friend this is your season this is your time this is your day and this is your moment don't miss it now there's nobody going to be looking around I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to call you out. But if you're here this morning and you say, I want to receive Jesus, today's my day. If you're here and you say, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus, then on the count of three, raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to embarrass you. This is between you and God, but I just want to be able to see you and be able to pray for you. If you're here this morning and that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Four hands. You can put them down. Praise God. Anybody else? You say, you know, this is my day. It's going to be my life-changing day. Anybody else that wish they would have said, this is my time? Amen. Praise God. All right, let's pray this together. If you wanted to raise your hand, you did, but you just go ahead and you pray this prayer with us. Say this with me. Everybody out loud. Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you that I don't have to live this life by myself. You sent Jesus to co-labor with me. And he went to the cross to take my sin. He died in my place so I didn't have to die. And he rose from the grave 
so that I could experience life. So right now, I co-labor, partner with you, and ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And thank you for welcoming me into the family of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, it was just that simple. You could use less words, more words. Nevertheless, it's a condition of your heart to say, Jesus, I made you the Lord of my life this morning. So you qualify. You qualify for your best life now. Amen. Now, for those of us that are ready to partake of the communion, the Bible said this, Jesus said, do this as often as you eat in remembrance of me. What's it to remind us of? That he's co-laboring with us, that he's got it. And therefore, when it seems like this natural life gets overloaded, he says, now remember, my body was broken, so yours don't have to. So let's break the bread and partake together. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the body of Jesus Christ that was broken. And right now, every sickness, every disease, every ailment that would come up against our natural life, mentally, physically, spiritually, in Jesus' name, we thank you that it is broken now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus also said, this cup represents the new covenant. My blood that is shed for you, that it covers your sin. So listen, there's going to be those times where you say, I don't feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be with God. The blood of Jesus covers and removes sin consciousness. So because of what we're doing right now and reminding ourselves, I don't ever have to say, God, I failed. Because He always makes you a winner. Amen? So as we partake of the cup, Let's remind ourselves that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. In right standing with Him. He's not mad at you. He loves you. Amen. Let's partake together. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the blood. We thank you that the blood covers a multitude of sin. We thank you that because of the blood, we can see clearly how much you love us no more guilt no more shame no more condemnation because of the blood of Jesus we thank you for it now and everyone said amen amen well, while I got you standing can we just praise and worship God one last time before we go amen now listen to me just to give you some instruction don't leave yet let's everybody worship God because of what we're doing but as you leave, there will be ushers that will be able to take your cups for you, okay? Come on, let's worship God.
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life. Thank you.